This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, and welcome back to 365 Days of MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and child of the internet. I'm also a huge history nerd. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. So each day, I'm going to share some of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's dig into today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. Today in 1969, the first message was sent over ARPANET. What's ARPANET? The Advanced Research Projects Agency Network. Of course. Okay, not of course, but it was the precursor to the internet and shaped the way we use computers and communicate today. Today, I'll talk to you about how the ARPANET paved the way for the internet that we know and love today. A University of California, Los Angeles student Charlie Klein transmitted a message between an SDS Sigma 7 computer and an SDS 940 machine stationed at Stanford. The first message wasn't anything exciting. All it said was, look, and then the machine crashed. Once the machine came back to life, the first message that didn't get interrupted was a computer command, log in. Computers already existed, and the goal of ARPANET was much more modest than what the project eventually became. It was made to share resources between existing computers, specifically the computers at Pentagon-funded research facilities. More technically, ARPANET was the first packet-switching network with distributed control. Some say that ARPANET was meant to be a network that could survive nuclear war, but the former director claims that was never the main objective. Putting credence to this theory, part of the point of ARPANET was to build a communication system that didn't have a central core, so that there was no specific central location to destroy. To contextualize, before ARPANET, most computers were a giant box. If the computer got destroyed, so did all the information on it. The computers could literally be as big as a room. Other, smaller computers were hardwired to it. The Advanced Research Projects Agency, remember the first four letters of ARPA, was a branch of the U.S. Defense Department. The man who is widely credited with developing the network is named Leonard Kleinrock. He's a computer scientist and, at the time, was a professor of UCLA. He personally developed the packet network that made ARPANET so distinct from its precursor networks. It wasn't until three years later that ARPANET was demonstrated to the public. At the International Computer Communication Conference, electronic mail, or email as we know it today, was introduced that same year. As the ARPANET grew into the internet that we know today, it grew off the idea of open architecture networking. Basically, this means that even if individual computer systems were formatted differently, they'd still be able to communicate with each other. This paved the way for allowing different companies to provide internet service. Imagine now if you could only communicate with people who share your same phone network or internet provider. As the years went by, ARPANET continued to develop in ways that affected how we use the internet today. For instance, in 1974, Robert Metcalf, 
designed a cable that helped people transfer more data at a time over individual connections. Of course, this continued to grow until today, when you can send tons of data without any physical connection whatsoever. As ARPANET changed, it helped develop other systems that went by other names. ARPANET helped create Ethernet, which preceded Usenet, and so on and so forth. When the 80s hit, the internet took more steps to become accessible by the general public. Dave Farber, a member of the Pioneer Circle in the Internet Hall of Fame, used dial-up phone networks to create PhoneNet, which is how we got the old networks that gave you a dial tone when you tried to connect. Later in the decade, three men developed the domain name system to accommodate the growing number of internet users. This was the development that led to email being available in a number of different nations. In the 90s, ARPANET was decommissioned in favor of the newer, larger networks that were available to the wider population. A man named Tim Berners-Lee developed HTML, Hypertext Markup Language, and URL, Uniform Resource Locator, with his colleagues, and these two developments led to the development of the World Wide Web. This is really what most of us remember as the beginning of the internet, so you might be surprised to find that the earlier version is 20 years older. In 1995, Microsoft launched Windows 95, which made a user-friendly operating system available to many American homes. Also that year, Amazon, Yahoo, eBay, Internet Explorer, and Java launched. Thus, the internet started to become what we recognize it as today. 1998 brought Google, and with 99 came Napster, as well as the first internet virus via email. When the 2000s hit, we got the dot-com boom and bust and the worldwide spread of Wi-Fi, using internet without a cable connection. Then came the smartphone, and well, here we are today. I would say you should celebrate the birth of the internet, but judging by how much time we all spend online, I think we all celebrate it every single day. Maybe a little too much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On to our music fun fact. Today in 2003, research solved the mystery of why a song gets stuck in your head, otherwise known as an earworm. James Kolaris, a professor at the University of Cincinnati College of Business Administration, found that the songs that get stuck in our head are responding to a brain itch that is scratched by repeating the same song over and over. Some annoying but catchy songs probably owe their success to this phenomenon, like YMCA and Who Let the Dogs Out, according to Kolaris. So, When's the research coming out on how to get these songs out of your head? And now for our final segment of the day, I'm going to go into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on an October 29th in my life. On October 29th, 2016, I have a screenshot of a quote from Jin from BTS. So if you're not aware I used to be, I still am a fan of K-pop, but not nearly as like blatantly (laughs) as I used to be from 2014 to 2017. Um, I am like a army, which is the name of BTS's fan base. My bias is Jimin, if you're curious, but I took a photo from, I guess it was a run BTS episode um, (laughs) from Jin and Jin's one of the members. He's like 
a visual. He's a singer. He's hilarious and very funny. But his nickname is Mr. Worldwide Handsome. And so in this quote, he says, as expected, they say I look handsome. There's nothing I can do about it. (laughs) And I took a screenshot of it because I thought it was really funny. And also, I think one day I strive to have the confidence level of Jin. Um, It's definitely aspirational. That's all for today. Come back tomorrow, hopefully without a song stuck in your head. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow along at 365 Days MXM Tune on all platforms. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 360